Jason Tatum talks about embracing Boston, becoming part of the Celtics Mount Rushmore, and what kind of leader he is. Uh, I got some kind of disagreement here with Jason Tatum, and it's all right now on the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J-team. Step back, we gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry O.B. Corrales above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Raining Jays, how it started, raising banners, how we finished. Locked on Celtics, pod, home of the winners. B. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics Podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it is your team every day, and I'm here for you for now, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. This is the Friday show, but in two weeks, the 18th, I'll be back to five days a week. So I will be with you on your drive to work every day, dropping your kids off to school every day. You're not going to be able to get rid of me. And even during the regular season, bonus podcasts if they play on a Friday night, Saturday night, post-game podcasts all season long. So make sure you are subscribed wherever you get your podcast, watch the show on YouTube, hop into the comment section. Let me know what you think. I am John Corrales. I used to play a long time ago. Now I'm here covering the Boston Celtics for you for Boston Sports Journal. Today, today's show is brought to you by FanDuel, FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers bet $5. You get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. All right. Today's podcast is all about Jason Tatum. Very fitting because in the last podcast, Tatum was the last thing we talked about because he's been working out with Paul Pierce. And now he had a big, uh, interview with, um, with who did he do the interview with, uh, with, uh, Goodman, with, uh, Jeff Goodwin, Goodman, Jeff Goodman. I'm going to say that very slow. So I give him the proper credit. Uh, very, uh, nice interview there. Talks about a lot, and we're going to talk about it with our good friend, Tom Westerholm. Hi, Tom. Hello. I'm excited to uh, talk about something that we haven't talked about all summer, and that is Jason Tatum. That's right. I mean, one of these days, people are going to catch on. This guy's good and somewhat important to Boston's success. And, and one of these days, people will call us out for our lack of coverage of Jason Tatum. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, we're, yeah. we've been walking. Listen, we've been walking on thin ice. It's good that we build up a little cachet here. You can um, only talk about, you know, Delano Banton. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, Shavie McKayluk, which, oh, by the way, I screwed up last podcast. I said Shavie, uh, uh, Jordan Walsh was not guaranteed until opening night. He's fully guaranteed until opening night. So I'm going to be completely honest. You said that, and I was like, I don't – that doesn't sound right, but you said it so confidently. You just so, – you, you had a real – you, you really sounded like I was like, man, okay, okay, Jordan Walsh, not guaranteed. The the you know it's one of the lessons my dad taught me. It's just just deliver with confidence. I've met your dad. I'm not surprised that this is a lesson that he. Yeah, yeah, about. yeah. It's it's a great lesson taught in a most horrible way. When I was um, like 15 or something like that, he for some reason decided to take me to like the Raynham Taunton dog track. So I'm well under age. Sure. I looked, I was tall, you know, I was yeah. tall and I had like a little wispy mustache. And I'm like, dad, I'm not old enough to go in. He goes, look, you just walk in like you own the place. No one's going to say nothing, you know? And I was like, okay. So I got into my head as I was walking up, 
I'm the owner of this place. I walk in, look at the security guy. I go, hello. You just walk on by and no one said nothing. So I was like, damn, confidence. So you just, you just walk right in, tell him, listen, Jordan Walsh, not guaranteed. Yeah. Not guaranteed. Even when he is. They're going to listen. Yeah. You're going to believe me. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I looked at the, he's, he's not guaranteed next season until opening night. So I looked at the next season. I thought it was this season. So <laughs> I'm a moron. So, all right, let's get to Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum said many, many things later on in the third segment. We'll talk about him being a leader and I have a little bit of a quibble, let's say with what he said. Um, we'll get into the winning a title and all of that, getting onto the Mount Rushmore in the second segment. But we ended the last podcast talking about how he embraced Boston. And lo and behold, in here, he told Jeff that it's, you know, I feel like I relate more, a lot more in these last two years. At first, it was like, I live here, but I'm from St. Louis. I'm a St. Louis kid. Now I'm part of Boston. I really feel a connection with the city and the people of Boston. And he said, just recently, I started to feel this connection with Boston. So the stuff that we're talking about, the stuff that we're seeing, it's actually, he said, yeah, that's actually true. I know. I just, I mean, shout out to, to Jeff for two reasons. One, he's a good dude, really good at getting stuff out of Jason Tatum. I think Tatum yeah, has like known Goodman. For, yeah. He's known, I, well, the thing about Goodman is that he's known, I, I mean, he's one, he's a good reporter. Two, he also has known Tatum for a long time, right? Yeah. Like he's, he goes like, you know, he covered him in high school and everything, like all that stuff. Um, but like, I love this. I love this because it was just perfectly timed. Like we said this not two days ago and when right. we're recording this, like just, just like, like almost word for word. word what right. was saying. Like just beautiful. Just said, John and Tom, they got, they, they were right. And that's yeah. it. I mean, this is what it is now, man. We just established the narrative of the Boston Celtics. It, <laughs> it, it's good to be the king. No, I mean, but truly, like, that is just kind of what it's looked like, right? Like, you can um, – and I think you see it manifest in a bunch of different ways. You see it in, in the confidence in the interviews, like, when he's, you know, kind of when he does his post games, like you were talking about, like, there's there's just he, – he talks in paragraphs instead of sentences, and that's, you yeah. know, been refreshing to just kind of have, like, okay – now we're starting to hear what Jason Tatum thinks about things. Um, now Jason Tatum is starting to get comfortable enough to um, to kind of speak his piece. And I also think, you know, we're seeing it in like the way he celebrates, right? Like, mm -hmm. like he, he he drew some flack for that, you know, the the five zero thing when he scored fifty. Yeah. But it's like, you know what? That's a guy who knows that his fan base is going to get hyped up about that. Like, yeah, like that. That's a guy who knows that that's something that people are like that his fans are going to be like, yeah, Tatum, that's right. That's right. Five. Oh, that's awesome. You know, like he's, he's become more of a kind of outspoken person um, or like, like kind of outspoken celebrator, I guess. Yeah. On the, I think those things. Yeah. Like, you know, if you, if you know, the city's behind you, if, if you feel comfortable in a place, if you feel comfortable in front of a fan base, yeah, you might be a little more demonstrative demonstrative when you celebrate. So, yeah, man, I think you see it in a bunch of different little ways, and I think it all um, it, the the eye test certainly backs up his quotes mm -hmm. there. I, the the only things that I want to add from the discussion from the other day is that this is this is a guy who has been guarded. Jason Tanner has been yes. very guarded. Um, look, this is how he was raised. He he wants to be a star. Honestly, he was raised to be like that almost kind of generic star, right? You 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 come in, you say the right thing, you do the right thing, you make yourself marketable, you get all your ads, and and that's it. You are 
the tofu of stars. You take on whatever flavors around you, and that's it. Don't be too controversial. Don't be too anything else. And you know what? Letting the city in is a big deal when you've come in and you've been guarded this whole time. And the other point that folds into this is he might be a kid from St. Louis, but Deuce is growing up in Boston. That's true. Deuce is from Boston. And that is, I think, an important distinction. Like Deuce might, he he might own St. Louis because he says, you know, hey, if I'm Jason Tatum, I'm telling my kid you're from St. Louis too. But the reality is, Dual citizenship. Born, right. But he was born after Tatum didn't there or the timing yes. was like nope. after yep. he got to, to Boston. Yep. So he might have been actually born in Boston, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. So there he is. He's he's a Boston kid. So when your son is growing up, not only in your shadow, not only being a basketball player and all that stuff, but his entire life is this city. He's going to school yeah. in this city. He's he is a Boston kid, and Tatum is, if nothing else, a doting father. He is an incredible dad. You can see how good a dad he is, and I think he very much understands that his son is growing up in Boston and is old enough now to know that he is in Boston and will grow up and be like, yeah, I remember growing up in Boston. That that is inherently forever now going to be a part of his life beyond I played in Boston for X amount of years. Yeah, absolutely. And, and has been embraced by Boston, you know, like I, I listen, <laughs> might be I've, more popular than his dad. <laughs> I look, I, I mean, I, 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 I've kind of said like, you know, I, I, it's a lot of attention for a really little kid. Like I, you know, that, like I, um, you know, yeah, that's all, that's all I got. It's, you a, know, lot it, for a, little kid, it's yeah. a lot of attention for a really little kid, but you can't deny that the city of Boston loves that kid, right? So, oh, like, if you're, and if you're Tatum, I mean, if you're a dad, if you if you if you've got a kid, and like, if somebody's nice to your kid, if somebody you know likes your kid, you yeah. like that person, you know, like, right. you know, like uh, you know, any 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 friend of mine, present company included, who's ever you know been nice to my kid, it's like, yeah, all right, that dude's all right, uh, I like that guy. So Rafi yeah. is awesome, and, by the way. Yeah, just he's, just he's to, just kid. to mention that for on the record, it's because Rafi is awesome. Yeah, also yeah, yeah. might be more popular than his dad in the <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, deservedly so. But yeah, no, I mean, but you know, that that makes a big difference. And I'm I'm sure I'm sure Tatum has has felt that as well. Yeah, that's right. That's a great point. And it's a great point to end on. Um, Boston loves Deuce. And how can you not love a city that has just I mean, they're just eating this kid's antics up, whatever he does. They're like, you put him on the jumbo track. It's it's getting to a point where fourth quarter. You need a pop from the crowd. You put Deuce on the jumbotron. You're going to get that uh, pop from the crowd. You're going to get a little something. So the the young man can stick his tongue out and spit at royalty, and the crowd's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he can do no wrong. We got to get him like he. We got to get him doing the. It's the fourth quarter. We need you out of your seats. Uh, that would actually be amazing yeah that would be amazing free idea for the celtics oh yeah uh, i know people somewhere in the celtics get deuce to do the fourth quarter pump up video oh my god yeah people will go nuts that that might rival the kg uh pop that he gets that that they get every once in a while yeah 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 all right well now we've uh 
further exploited Deuce Tatum. Let's uh, let's move on to Jason Tatum on the floor and winning a title. We'll talk about that in just a second. First, today's show is brought to you by our good friends over at FanDuel who are getting ready to kick off the NFL season in style. They're not America's number one sports book for nothing because you new customers, all you got to do is bet five bucks and you get 200 in bonus bets. Guaranteed five bucks to get 200 in bonus bets. You are a winner right away on FanDuel. And everybody new around forever, everybody who bets five bucks on FanDuel right now, you get a hundred dollars off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. So you can keep track of all your bets all your MVP, your Super Bowl winner, your Super, all of that stuff, you can get a nice little deal at FanDuel. So now's the best time to join the apps. Very easy to use. You can bet on anything you want when it comes to football. NBA, when the NBA comes back, there's tons to bet on. It's it's really a fun app to check out. So go ahead and do it at FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Locked on. Kick off the NFL season with an offer you don't want to miss. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL, and we just ask you, if you're going to gamble, go for it, but just do so responsibly. Thank you for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day, three days a week. Again, just for a couple more weeks, and then we're back to a five-day-a-week grind, so make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts. Let's continue this conversation here with Tom Westerholm. And uh, Tatum, the, the other big thing, that maybe the most important thing that people care about here is – uh, I think a couple of things, his, his relationship with Jalen Brown uh, and them winning a championship and him being one of the guys that wins a championship. Uh, the the, the Jalen Brown thing is just kind of like a gloss over. He's, he's happy. He texted JB and said, you know, kind of like enjoy the fact that you're now getting this generational wealth. And, and he admits that they kind of struggled earlier on in their careers, but they're, it, it's definitely getting a lot better. And he talked about, hey, I want to be on that Mount Rushmore and, and I've got to got to win a championship to do so. And at least he's self-aware, right? At least he is aware of where he needs to be. And those two things, the championship and the relationship with Jalen Brown, those have to be, th- th- those are tied together. And yeah. part of part of why they were working out this year. And I think part of the maturity, I honestly think that these two guys have gone all along and thought, hey, we can do all of this and do it this way. And just as they grow, now they're like, hey, let's let's just try to bring it together a little bit. Let's try and, and work together just a, a tiny bit more here and, and see if we can't kind of figure something out to get us to that next step. I mean, we talked about it last podcast as well, but it's like the, the amount of money that these two guys are going to make could, you know, could really convince a lot of people to work together on a lot of things. And look, I think that there is a I think that there is like an element of them having like we've talked about before, having been together for a long time, having worked together, been through a lot together, um, you know, having grown together within the organization. I think there's a lot of all of that stuff tied up in this. And I think that there is like, you know, just, you know, outside looking in, I mean, they're both working all the stuff with Drew Hanlon, right? Uh, all the stuff with, you know, all, all, all the moments this summer that we've seen them together and been like, okay, hmm, feels like there's, there's some, some connection there and, and, and a growing connection. Um, probably similar to the growth that Tatum has experienced just, you know, in Boston as a whole. Um, but also, you know, when you're both going to be making some, you know, 
uh, obscene amount of money for the for the next five years. Uh, what you know, somewhat. Uh, it's going to be what a combined almost combined million dollars. Yeah, I was yeah I was going to say six hundred. I was like, wait, I think it's more no, than it's, that. Um, it's, it's over six. It's going to be it's going to be like six hundred and fifty or so. Yeah. Look, I, I'm again. I think you. I think you and I could put aside our differences and work together for you know seven hundred million dollars. So yeah, like these guys, like there's there's a lot of that we've seen a lot of growth between the two of them. We've seen a, a lot of uh, you know kind of connection built over the years, and also now we're seeing a lot of money thrown their way. There's a lot of reasons for these guys to uh, to be close, and a lot of reasons for these guys to be. Very happy working together. Yeah. <laughs> yes. There's a lot of money to be had. Uh, and and oh God, with the, and with it's the not only... just the money. I don't want to make it sound like it's just the money, but I do think like that plays something. I, for a role I mean, here. you think it plays a little bit of a role. I'm going to go out on a limb. <laughs> $50 million, $60 million, $70 million a year. That would make I me mean, happy. Yep. Would, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. I, I think in, in playing off of that embracing Boston, start to the podcast it's all tied together we have to understand that this is a job for these guys and jason tatum didn't grow up dreaming of playing for the boston celtics he just probably thought about playing like for the lakers i would imagine more than anything yeah. you know but regardless these are guys that yeah they had nba dreams but they have their own dreams. They have families. He's just talked about his son. He's going to want to make sure his son is set for life, right? His mom, his family. His, this is generational wealth. So this is a job to them. And and this is also their half of the money, yeah. right? It's not like yeah. this. We didn't rob people to pay these guys. They're the NBA splits the revenue here. The owners get half, the players get half. And this is Tatum and Brown's 35% of the their half of the money. So the money is there. Also, though, on their side, the players do have to understand that when people from Boston in the Boston area see Boston across the chest, they identify with that city. That's why people say, Oh, I can't believe we we lost today. You know, these are in and in Boston. You're playing during the winter. I've said this before. It's the winter. It gets dark at 4 p.m. <laughs> the traffic sucks. It's the worst. It's cold. The job sucks. Everything sucks from, <laughs> you know, aside from Christmas Day, which is not great for everybody either. But like from December to March, it's just miserable in New England. So people are just inherently like, ugh. So they want something to believe in and be happy about. So they gotta they have to understand that from the the, the fan perspective, it's like, no, yeah, that's nice. I'm glad you're making your money. How about like something a little a little more effort? How about not turning the ball over? How about like showing us that you're improving and like like you said, that you are willing to work together. Yeah. How about you get along with your superstar teammate at all times? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Like, or you know? I, yeah, as much as you can. Yeah. For your coach or your whatever. Your and, coach. you know, he addressed Joe Missoula and, and basically said, there's nothing more than Joe Missoula could have done. Quote, he wasn't out there turning the ball over and missing free throws. That was us. So, but like, yeah. I, and it's not a knock on Tatum and Brown, but I just no. want to put it up there. Like, 
there has to be like a mutual understanding. The fans have to understand this is a job. The, the players have to understand the absolute passion from the fan base. And I think, you know, there's also got to be the buy-in with the organization itself. And I think that for Tatum and Brown, you know, when you start to see these numbers getting thrown around and when you get this money, I think it's important to remember that the, like the first year after Jalen Brown got in the league was the year that the Isaiah Thomas stuff went down the year that Jason Tatum got here was the year that the Isaiah Thomas, that was a very formative experience for them with the organization. And so now the organization is saying, no, 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 this is different. Here's, here's, you know, for, uh, here's the Brinks truck, you know, (laughs) that never got backed up before. Here it is. It's, it's for you guys. You know, like, I mean, that has to mean something too, right. To be like, okay, no, like, you know, I'm okay. This organization means what they say when they talk to me, you know, like that. Great. You know, now, now like, you know, let's go, you know, that I, I think that this has to, has to be um, kind of a trust building summer for them as well. Right. Like a, a moment where they can kind of look at the organization and be like, okay, cool. Like they, they said that we were the foundation of the franchise. They're paying us like we're the foundation of the franchise. Like I like this, yeah. you know, that, 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 thank you. Let, let, let's get it. Yeah, and 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 they also have to understand, and I I don't know how much the front office communicates stuff like this to the players. I'm going to imagine that they don't really, but that championship window is getting really heavy right yeah. now, and it's not closing, but it it will sooner than we think, and more quickly than we think. Unless, it always closes sooner than you think. Yeah. And but the new CBA has created this environment, right? That second apron has created the like it cost them Marcus Smart. It cost them maybe maybe it cost them more Grant Williams than Marcus Smart, uh, just yeah. from the financial side. But still, like, even though Grant was not in, in Joe Mazzula's good graces, still is a guy that you could look at and uh, on the on this bench right now and feel more comfortable putting him in the game than than maybe some of the other guys that are are going to be coming off the bench. So the whole the whole thing is they Tatum and Brown are young and they've been spoiled in that they have made some deep playoff runs for their entire careers. They have to understand that this is not going to last forever and hopefully hopefully they get it like okay we we got to the finals and kind of blew it. Got to the Eastern Conference Finals. You can talk about how much they blew it or didn't or whatever. There's there's not much room. This year, I don't want to say has to be the year, but it kind of has to be the year that they it's, make this run. It's a pretty crucial year. It's really crucial. Yeah. You know, you can you can argue next year. You can do it again next year. But the pressure is still there next year, and and it's, it's going to cost them Brogdon for sure. Yeah. It'll cost them Malcolm Brogdon next year. So like each year they can say no, 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 no. We can we can still do it, but it's going to cost you one more piece. You know you got to you got to give up one more thing, and it's it's going to get the pressure is going to be on them more and more and more. If they win this year, then that sent you know maybe the owners can be like okay we can run it back. Maybe you do change your financial strategy and make a different decision. Cause you just won. You're like, Hey, let's get greedy. Let's try it for two. Let's try it for three. 
you know, but if you can't win that, if you can't win this year, then it's like lost in the finals, lost in the conference finals, lost in whatever stage they lose. It's like, what more do you need to do? We just gave up Marcus Smart and reworked our roster to kind of say, okay, we don't, we don't need this guard. We're going to need this big. If that doesn't work, then what? So the pressure really is on for this season. Absolutely. Which means Jason Tatum is going to have to be one hell of a leader. And he says, I'm never going to be Kevin Garnett. Hmm. Okay. Well, no, I agree. But I disagree with what he said next. We'll talk about that in a second. I want to thank everybody for making Lockdown Celtics your first listen every day. Check out Lockdown NBA, which I host on Wednesdays with Jake Madison. Rotating hosts all week long, covering the league. That's five days a week still and will continue to be. And so check it out. Uh, it's a fun podcast if you want my thoughts on league-wide goings-on. Wednesdays with Jake Madison. All right. The rest of the quote from Jason Tatum. Uh where he says, I'm never going to be Kevin Garnett. As much as people want me to be, that's not who I am. The way I lead, the public may not ever see what I do. When I need to, I make sure my voice is heard. I do it my own way. I'm not going to be out there jumping up and down, screaming. That's just not my personality. As much as people want to talk about it and want me to be that, I'm not changing who I am. I lead in my own way. Blah, 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 blah. Which is fair, right? You lead in your own way. And, and all of that stuff is fair. However, this is my one beef with what Tatum said in this entire thing, which is overwhelmingly positive. I'm not going to be out there jumping up and down screaming unless a referee blows a call, in which case you're going to be out there jumping up and down screaming a whole hell of a lot. And not that I'm going to get too worked up about that, although I do think you should probably calm that down and not let it affect him as much as it does. But to tell me I'm not going to be out there jumping up and down screaming, that's just not my personality. That is actually not true because every game you're out there jumping up and down screaming, it's just what are you going to jump up and down screaming about? And why I bring that up is if you've got it in you to do it when the referee blows a call, why don't you have it in you to do it when the team is blowing a 12-point lead in the last four minutes of a game? That is, to me, kind of an issue. You have it. It's in there. It is part of your personality to jump up and down screaming because I've got a million pictures. I can go through Getty Images and see all the hands raised screaming pictures of Jason Tatum. That's not hard to find. I want him to be able to either stop jumping up and down screaming when the refs are, are blowing a call or, hey, how about refocusing some of that rage and, and channeling it in a positive way, but channeling some of that towards your team when they need somebody to jump up and down and scream. Yeah, no, I don't, I, I guess I don't really have like uh that makes sense. I, I do think there's something about when, when you feel a ref gets a call wrong that just can send you right over the edge. Like sure. it's just so unjust. <laughs> Like when a ref gets a call wrong. Um, I mean, I agree with you. Listen, I agree with you. Tatum complains to the refs too much. I, listen, I, I've gotten, I've had a lot of people yell at me because I said like Tatum needed to stop slamming the ball on the floor when he kept getting technicals for that. I just thought yeah. those were the dumbest technicals. It's easy it's way like, to get a dumb tech. It, it, it's such a, it's such a, it's such a tantrum. It's such a, 
because and I mean he he walks right up to the line with it too. Like a lot of players do this where they like they know that 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 swipe motion is gonna get you a technical, so they'll do it when they think the ref isn't looking, and then they'll get yeah. the technical, and it's like, all right, man, you. Uh, but like, you know, I I think uh, yeah, I, I think you should stop complaining to the ref so much. Um, but also like. I've gotten so many technicals for screaming at refs that I just don't, I feel very hypocritical uh, <laughs> calling them out for it. I mean, and I, admittedly, I wasn't a professional. I was just, you know, in, in my men's league, getting in my feelings. But like, yeah, but, I don't know. I get it. <laughs> you get mad at the is, refs. <laughs> this is less about him being this way with the refs, which, right, right. again, it is, it is somewhat like, hey, dude, calm down. Just like, from if if it's one to a hundred and you're at a hundred, like dial it down to 90, you know, like you can say what you're going to say, but like there are times where it affects him on the floor, but no, beyond totally. that, beyond yeah. that, beyond totally. that, it is within Jason Tatum's personality to jump and scream when he feels wronged. Right. It's not in his personality to jump and scream when it comes to his teammates. Fine. What I'm saying is dig a trench from one side to the other so some of that water can spill over because sometimes a team needs its leader to jump and scream and be in people's faces. Sometimes they need that. And it's in there. It's in his person, in his personality to have a jump and scream moment. So I'm saying channel it, find a way to channel it because he is not being honest when he says it's not my personality, it's just, he doesn't want to lead that way. And I'm saying find a way, an appropriate way to bring that out of you when the time is right every once in a while. Uh, and, and because he's generally not like that on the floor, every once in a while, a little, kind of like, hey, what the F is going on out here, pulling guys over, pulling some role players over by like their their jersey or something like that and being like clapping in their faces, that kind of like thing has has some weight to it. That That's what I'm saying. No, I hear you. And I, I guess I'm saying I think the referee thing, it, it almost comes from a different place, right? Because like that comes from like uh, – like comes from that like like – F you rage. Right. Whereas like the teammate stuff is like, Hey, come on, we can be better. Actually, it was funny where you cut it off um, on, on that quote, you know, you, you kind of said, blah, 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 because I thought the next sentence was actually a really important part too. When I talk, everybody in that organization is going to listen. I think like, at least to this point, that's been largely true of Tatum, right? Because whether it's because he's the superstar, which he is, or because He's generally pretty quiet, which he is. So if he has something to say, people are going to listen because, you know, that kind of dynamic. Sure. I think both of those things are true as well. So I think to this point, you know, I think he's largely just kind of been able, I don't know, been able to do that. So, I mean, yeah, I, I guess if you can dig the trench, if you, if you can dig the trench, then sure, um, definitely do it. Um, I mean, like, you know. You know, like nobody in the right mind will deny that Kevin Garnett had a galvanizing effect on his teammates. But right, and um, I don't want him to be Kevin Garnett. I don't want him I, to be Kevin Garnett. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't not want him to be Kevin. That'd be kind of fun. Like, <laughs> I mean, I mean, if he could, like, let's let's like make the, a let's make a case to deal. Let's I mean, do this we, thing. If we can make like one of those flashy thingies, Men in Black thing, and be like, you're Kevin Garnett now. Sure, sure. 
but I don't want him to change who he is at his core. I want him to understand that sometimes the team needs that. Yeah. And you know what? Marcus Smart is gone. And he was he was like the guy to do that. Yeah, so for sure. Somebody is going to have to do it. Look up and down that roster. Who is it going to be? I mean, it's going to be Al Horford. Same thing. Al Horford's quiet guy, but he's not the best player on the team. Jalen right. Brown can do it, but you know, Jason Tatum's the first team All NBA guy. Yep. And if J if T if JT is out there busting his ass and and doing all those things, and someone else isn't, and he gets in somebody's face and be like, "Hey, man, we need you." Even if it's if even even if it's Tatum and Brown going at each other sometimes, and like Tatum looking at Jalen Brown being like, "Hey, come on, let's go." We need you to wake up. We need you to focus or something. And, and Jalen can do the same thing to Jason. It's okay. It's okay yeah. to do that. It's okay. And with Smart gone, a guy that the, that the team did look to as an emotional leader, and he was very willing to be the loudest guy on the floor when we're waiting to get into the, the practice sessions and we're upstairs. You know, you look at in the background of my YouTube page, and I'm, this is the Celtics floor of the practice facility up above behind closed curtains. We're waiting for the, the curtains to open to be called down for the end of practice. You routinely hear Marcus smart yelling and doing all that stuff. He's the voice that cuts through that's gone and it has to be replaced. It has to be replaced. And Jason Tatum, like it or not, all of this stuff said he has to find it somewhere to, to fill some of that that gap. That's all I'm saying. And and yeah, I do think that he's been better. And I'm not sitting there saying he's not a good leader or any of that stuff. I'm not saying any of that stuff. Just needs to he needs to bump it up because the whole team, the whole team is missing something. And he's gonna have to he's gonna have to be the guy. Jalen Brown too. Yep. All right. That's it. We're done. I, as the vocal leader of this podcast, am determining its, its conclusion. It's over. I'm getting yanked up. <laughs> Get out of here. We can do like the push, like, oh, you got to go oh, the other wait, way. I got to go the other way. You got to go the other way. This is like, this is like the bad podcast, like trying to take a picture of like the Leaning Tower Pisa. <laughs> uh, bye, Tom. Bye. Later, man. <laughs> okay. Good times here in the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Again, in a couple of weeks, we're back to five days a week. The only daily podcast here covering the Celtics. I'm in the locker room. I'm over here at the practice facility. Not literally right now, but I took this picture for the green screen. Uh, so I am at the practice facility. When when the media day is there, it, it comes. I'm there. When they're practicing to start the season, I will be there. So you're getting an insight here that you're not going to find in, in most other podcasts. So, uh, and, and not any other daily podcast. So make sure you're subscribed, watch the show on YouTube, get into that comment section. Let me know what you think. I would love it. If you, as a regular listener or who is already subscribed, if you find it in your heart to spread the word, I'd love to see you share the podcast. Let everybody know that they should be listening to and watching the lockdown Celtics podcast right here on the lockdown podcast network. It's your team every day.